Hello and welcome to the Oval Ball episode 3 of 2020. We've got Matt in the line and I've just asked him about the state of play regarding the suspension of the 2020 AFL season. Enjoy. I kind of get the idea of near normality in life, but this isn't normal. Um, and there are a lot of other sports and leagues, competitions all, oh. all around the world, not just Australia, that have actually, you know, been put on hold. Have been, oh. So I don't know if should see itself any differently. Yeah. Um, I, I think it was the wrong decision to um, to go ahead with it, just based off the risk. Now they they got away with it, uh, I think, um, and just some of the. I think again on the on the idea of you know, um, I guess it's an extension of having the roof open. The idea of players chasing each other around for two hours, sharing uh, what did I say, sweat, saliva, and blood. Mm. Um, but then you know, after the game, you have the the commentators keep you know two two meters, three meters away with, with interviews. I I just thought it was there was so much it was it was very much a do as we say, not as we do sort of um, aspect to it, with a lot of asterisks in there as well. It's just a bit of a mess of a weekend, I think. Yeah, it it. I mean, I I don't, I don't agree with the sentiment that they shouldn't have played, but I because I think it did sort of benefit us in a way. I mean. Um, we did, I guess, get our footy fix, and unfortunately, that's going to be our, the one footy fix we'll get in a while. Might not be until, you know, might be the only thing we see until next year. Um, hopefully, that doesn't. That's not the case. But yeah, I'm with you on the. I guess yeah, the media stuff and the the interviewing that was really strange. I mean, it it felt. I mean, clearly, no one really knows what we're doing. It's very unnatural. But it it sort of occurred to me that this was a little bit. Too strange when Jack Rewalt was interviewed by Richo after the game. I don't know if you saw this, but it was one of those that new, you know, 1.5 minute interview where Jack has to stand in front of him with Mike and Richo's off camera, and then the camera kept rolling. And I don't know if both people, both blokes, didn't know about that, but they Jack went to touch Richo, but he went up to Richo definitely within his 1.5 space. And as I'm not potting Jack Rewalt or Richo, but the camera kept rolling and they were talking coming back and retreating and filming and walking towards it and it was just a bit comical as well. Well, that's when it occurred to me that maybe this is just, they're, they're setting the example and, and football's a role model as they should, but maybe it's a bit, you know, they're not all going to get it right. And then they made Collingwood, and look, they almost did the same song after the game. Um, dogs were to win, you know, they would have had the decision to, would they sing the song as well, but Collingwood didn't and they'll stand in separate. Yeah, you're right. It, Tuning into the like, Brisbane Hawthorne and the Melbourne and West Coast game. Well, well, there were only two games that I did watch. It was the uh, Richmond Carlton then and Bulldogs Collingwood um, as well, obviously. Unfortunately. Uh, yeah, unfortunately as well. Um, <laughs> did you enjoy any of the games you watched? Out of interest, uh, did you enjoy football? Uh, so I watched. Try to watch as much as I could. I okay. I enjoyed. Obviously, four quarters of Friday night, um, and I enjoyed the other four quarters, which two of them were, f- which I was able to watch the Fremantle Essendon and the North and St Kilda. Now, I've said this to people throughout the week. I don't, 
I enjoyed it, but I didn't get my 100% satisfaction that I would get out of watching a game of footy, right? It just felt weird. The crowd not being there, I reckon, is huge. And I think we've underestimated that going in. It's like, oh, no, we can still play. No, I think we can all agree. The crowd is so important. But, yeah, no, I, to, to answer your question, probably eight quarters of football um, that I watched, you know, obviously the Friday night was given. But, yeah, it was just I did enjoy it, but it was still so weird. It was too weird, to be honest. I, I didn't enjoy it. It didn't feel like a, a proper football match. Yeah, it didn't feel complete. I've, I've, I've gone to games, uh, certainly junior games. I've commentated in those games. Uh, I can tell you just how difficult it is to mm. um, generate atmosphere without a crowd. Yeah. Uh, even if the game's close. Not mm. all of them are, but even when a game's really close, unless there's a crowd, it's really difficult to get involved and, and generate an atmosphere. The commentators rely on the crowd and the crowd... Yeah, you know, and, and the game relies on the crowd as well. Exactly, they, they, both aspects of the game feed off a crowd, uh, and without it, it just it, it doesn't feel right. It does feel like something is lacking. I think if you ask the players as well, Matt, they 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 clearly shattered about the fans not being there. You know, a, a part of me thinks maybe they like it because that that pressure, especially if you're you know eighteen year old first gamer, or you know. The butterflies, the crowd does add to the butterflies, but I, I got the sense that, you know, the players missed the crowd, you know, and I saw Rory Sloan. Actually, that would have been a good game to watch, the Adelaide-Sydney one, uh, irrespective of crowd or no crowd. They, they That looked like a good game. But at the end, Rory Sloan, I think it was his 200th game, correct me if I'm wrong, but, um, yeah, he was getting chaired off and he was sort of, you know, taking the piss, like waving at the stands and, and the Sydney boys were loving it, and the Adelaide boys were loving it. But it's a shame that, like, a champion – someone said this on Sunday, like, if it's a champion like Rory Sloan who can't enjoy that – and it's a first-world problem when it comes down to it. Like, it's this horrendous thing that's happening within society. But um, if a champion like that could, you know, for his 200th game, there'll be no one there to enjoy it, really. I don't know if his family yeah. was allowed to go. I mean, I hope they were. And then you look at, like, the Brown – you know, Callum Brown um, – sorry, Tyler Brown – you know, his family was there, but, like, there's no crowd. And then Ma- I think it was Max Gorn who said, he said, you know, some blokes who played on the weekend, they might not ever play again. Like, they might not, yeah. for whatever reason, if they get injured or they just can't crack into the 22, they might not ever play A for footy again. So imagine that, that they play that one game without the fans. It's just a bit too sad. I don't know. It's a bit depressing. Yeah. No, I, I agree that it may be the last we see of a number of different players. Yeah, who 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 are some that jumped to mind that you're skeptical about returning? Uh, from, I don't I don't really know too much about any other teams. I think but what do your guts say? Bulldogs, uh, for the Bulldogs, I don't know when if we'll see Eastonwood play again. Okay, yeah. How old is yeah. Eastonwood? Uh, Let me Google him. Uh, Hang on. He was drafted in 2007, so I'd say he's about 30, 31. 30 now. years old. Yeah. Yeah. And what we've seen over the last couple of years has been a decline with him. We've gone from all Australian uh, premiership captain, then we've gone from that to uh, driving up up forward, trying to find a new position for him, which was a disaster. Uh, Then we saw him over the summer really push the captaincy. And there's sort of been a feeling that by the end of the season, he won't be in the team's best 22. He is for now. but by the end of the season, probably not. 
Um, and yeah, I, I do feel that uh, with this, there'll be some changes that'll be made, like reduction of list sizes to manage finances and all that sort of thing. I feel like he may be an unfortunate victim in that. But still, way to go. But he's he's the, the name that comes to mind with that. And it and it's all all this is depending on you know if we get to see a lightning season where we've got the seventeen games or whatever, however many yeah. before December or or in, going through December. But yeah, I I think if the season is called off, and that obviously isn't up to the AFL, that's up to um, federal government, and then they're told from scientists around the world. So it sort of filters down to us, and we're the last chain, and the NRL the same as well, the A League. But um, yeah, if we don't see a, a, a season in two thousand twenty, um, I fear for Gary Ablett. Not fear for him, but I don't think we'll see him again. Like, does he want to go oh, through? An... Gary, well, it was Gary Ablett's last season anyway. Yeah. So whether you um, want to do another preseason, you know, that's, yeah. that that comes to mind. Um, you know, there's there's other players out there. Harry Taylor for naming some Geelong guys. Harry Taylor, how long does he have left? You know what I mean? You've got um, maybe some. Oh, you got players who are on the fringes. I mean, Matthew Cruiser. Like he's still he's not that old, but man, like injury after injury after injury. How long can he take? How much can he take? Um, but then I want to pose a question to you, Matt. If just say we get a season, I think if if we cancel the season and start next year, Ken Hinckley will trigger something in his contract. But is the president David Koch has gone on the record of saying no finals, no Hinckley for next year. That's as yeah. blunt as he was. Um, just say we get a lightning season, a quick one, and Port don't make it, right? Grand final at Marvel, what have you, whatever. But yeah. if we don't get one with Ken Hinkley, uh, if Port fail this year, in whatever season it is, do you think Port will um, hold on to Ken Hinkley? It was raised on radio today, and I didn't know what to think, but I want to get your thoughts on it. It's funny when we sort of say the whole idea of, oh, this has to be the season, there's no excuses. And I pulled out the early side, Hawthorne were another one. Um, yeah. Saying that now, um, despite how they played on uh, last weekend, rather, I still don't think they're, um, you know, in the half of finals. Uh, it is interesting. To, I think uh, clubs will, will be able to see it both ways. And I think we'll have two teams sort of going in different directions with regards to that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because, yeah, you're, you're right. It's sort of, if we say, oh, well, no finals this year, then, you know, he's gone next season. But this isn't just a, a normal season. No. It's very different to how it's normally set up. So do they take that into consideration? I don't think they will. I think they'll still expect the players to, mm. um, and they'll still expect Ken to do the job that they're expected to do. And, you know, so, I mean, it's, um, you've got to understand as well that uh, Port Adelaide, won't be the only team playing 17 games. So everyone else will be playing 17 games, so they won't be disadvantaged. Mm. Um, yeah, you're right. They play so They play every team once, you know. Yeah, so I don't think they'll get a pass just based on the fact that um, it's, only, it's a different sort of season. Do you, this level. do you want to see a season in 2020? I mean, we've got the football part of us that wants something to fill the depressive hole of the winter. But do you, as a football as a football expert in many ways, do you think it's good that we have a season in 2020 or would you just write it off and put all of our eggs in the 2021 basket? Where do you sit with this? I, I think it depends what sort of season we, we're seeing. 
I don't want to see 17 get 17 more round, get, uh, rounds plus finals of what we got last weekend. So you, you don't want to see the no fans. No, yeah, I don't. No, I don't as and, well. And I, no, and I don't think we'll get. We'll actually get to a point this season where we do have that. So, um, I, I would. I would consider yeah, scrapping it. But like I said, a lot could change between you know now and tomorrow, even the rate we're going. Um, I don't think it. I don't. It'll definitely get worse before it gets better. Mm. Uh, but if they're willing to play this out till December and, and things improve in some of the, the later months, um, I would I would be all for bringing it back. But um, in a perfect world, I'd love to see a, a twenty twenty season. But I don't think it's going to be quite what we're after. I would consider scrapping it um, and just and, and just you know, say have, the logs have the number to draft it. Don't have <laughs> with that. Um, if we walk for Adelaide the Premiership, though, I might have uh, might have different. Uh, a little, little concern with that. And speaking of they did, that, they did predict in their hundred and fiftieth. If if we scrap the season and yeah. Port and we don't have finals, Port don't make finals, but they win the premiership. Does Ken Hinkley keep his job? <laughs> oh, who knows at Portland? No one knows what goes on there <laughs> at Alberton. Hundred and fiftieth year this 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 year in the. AFL. It is what a what a hundred. Like what a yeah. year! What a year for this to happen for them. Wait, wait. Way back in 1990, the uh, <laughs> started. Been 150 seasons since. They do count the uh, the the sandful like really heavily, don't they? They love including all those flags, which that's you know yeah, I don't even know my thoughts on that yet. But they're the Geelong of, of South Australia, I reckon. Can you elaborate the on that? The rules are different to them. <laughs> well, they want the grand fi- yeah, finals every, played every, at Melbourne. No. Every got to be adjusted so that Geelong's on top or whatever lays on top in some sort of premiership count. I mean, Geelong will tell you that they never finished lower than 12th, uh, but that doesn't mean they've never won a wooden spoon before. Speaking of Geelong, they, like, we don't want to dwell too much on round one, but they they got jumped. So, I don't know if you saw much of that game. I didn't see much of that at all, but was that GWS being the Rolls-Royce they are? Which, side note, I don't think they've mentally scarred themselves from the grand final by the way they played against still quality opposition in Geelong. Or were Geelong dismal and it just made the Giants look better? What do you reckon? Finally, I think we're finally starting to see the end of the Geelong era. Hang on. Yeah, my thoughts on it, I think Geelong are... Yeah, this is the year that I've come in and I've come in and said that they need a win. Um, no, that's all right. I was just feel, feeling, feeling. Um, I'm, yeah, I think this is the year that Geelong. What <laughs> they're going to be the hardest hit by this if we don't get a season. That's what has just occurred to me because next year, well, we won't see Ablett. What we mentioned, Taylor Duncan's going to be a year older. Sal's going to be a year older. Don't worry about Dangerfield. Um, but yeah, they're gonna. It's just they're just not in the right age profile, and their young guys aren't. I don't think up to it compared to the young crop of the dogs or the pies or maybe the giants. Even they've got such a good young deep team. Like you know what I mean. So yeah, if if, if Geelong if they've called the season off, four, it's gonna be hard for Geelong. I think to come back from this. I'm actually. I actually have been thinking a bit about teams that might be affected if we don't have a season. Um, yeah, who who are they that jump to mind? Uh, believe it or not, 
Richmond. <laughs> All right. How so? Now, my thinking with this one is I look at some of the teams that have been um, dominant since the turn of the century. I look at um, uh, Brisbane. Now, they made, they made finals in 2000. Uh, Premiership, uh, one, two, three. Grand final, oh, four. Um, 2005, they didn't even make finals, I don't think. Um, team like Geelong, uh, 2006, they didn't make finals. And seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. So that's five seasons. Um, Hawthorne, 2012, they made the grand final. 13, 14, 15 premierships. 16, they were starting to get toward, they were falling off a bit towards 2016. Um, and then 2017, they didn't even make finals. Now, Richmond, 2017, 18, 19, uh, premiership, prelim, premiership. 2020 now, if that's a write-off, normally what I'm seeing is that it's somewhere between four to five years for a good side to be at the very top before it starts to fall away. Yeah. Now, we're into Richmond's fourth season of that now. This is a bit different because they may not get a season, but what happens in the fifth season? I'll be very interested whether they stay at the top or whether they fall away. Yeah, I, you, you know my you know that my thinking when it comes to this. It, I look at the way I like to peg teams is I look at who they're up against and who will kick them out of that spot. You know that's how I base my top eight. It's not the most accurate thing, nor is most of our top eights, but um, it's all about yeah who will. Trump their position, you know, and Richmond, I look at Richmond, just say hypothetically, as you've said, then we're not going to get a season this year, 21 comes along, I could see him hanging around that top four, but I can easily say, and this is based on age demographic, like a lot, um, and and also, I guess the ageing, you know, Dylan Grimes and Vloss, I love their backline, but if there's a chink, to, if there's a hit to that backline, the Rants, let's let's be honest, the Rants hit was significant and they've done a tremendous job of upholding that famous backline. But if they sort of lose more holes, if they develop more holes in that backline, you know, that's going to undo them a little bit. So, yeah, I can totally see them. I, I'm not convinced to say, I'm not sure enough to say they're going to slide off like a, Melbourne style of Fremantle, oh, no, but no, that's not no, what you're no, saying. Let's, but yeah, no, yeah. Let, let's let's put let's. That's not what you're saying at all. I'm but not, I'm not sort of yeah. expecting that uh, in 2021 they're going to finish in the bottom half of the ladder. That'd be hilarious, uh, but we, it won't happen. Look, we we may see a side that doesn't make finals. Uh, yeah. I'm thinking we'll probably more likely see a side that finishes within that sort of six to eight bracket potentially. And that's that's what I'm. I agree uh, with you in that. That's what I'm trying to say. Like I think. Yeah, it, when it comes to it, the, the same club... way with Hawthorne. Like we saw in twenty sixteen, we saw Hawthorne fade away. Yeah, um, and they went. I mean, they. I think they still finished top four, but they went out in, in straight sets. You could start to see that it was still sort of falling away from them a little bit. Well, Hawthorne, I are... think that's what we may see with Richmond. Hawthorne, are... that Hawthorne side was. I mean, I reckon. I reckon a prime Hawthorne side, uh, or, or of that of that era, beats uh, a prime Richmond team. Yes, and and and. I don't agree with most. Oh, not my fifty percent of what Chris Scott says. I'm, you know, unsure about, and then the other fifty, um, he think is bang on. He was bang on about, um, when he mentioned and Richmond supporters took exception to this. Richmond supporters who are live right now on uh, with us on the air. Feel free to comment if you took offence to what he said. But he just pegged Richmond's team, who are a great team. We'll remember them as a great team against 
um, Hawthorne, Geelong, Collingwood, and Kilda of that sort of middle decade. And he said they're not in that category. And the team that you could probably peg some teams next to Richmond, but I think by far the best team of that era was Hawthorne. When it was, you know, Franklin or not, you've got the Hodge, the Mitchell, Lewis, you know, you got the Birchall, Burgoyne. So, yeah, you're right. That, that, that team did so well for staying up for so long. But you're right, they, they, they took a bit of a slide and just sort of crept down back into the top four. But speaking of a team who might trump, what I'm talking about, might trump Richmond's place and might jump in and take them away, is Hawthorne. I think they're set for another surge. They're a few more recruits away, but I think it wasn't going to be this year for me because they weren't in my th- eight, I believe. I don't believe. But I think they're ready in the you know next few. If they get someone else, complement that back line a little bit more, they're ready to go. I think they're still a long way away, Hawthorne. Right. I know I know they beat Brisbane, uh, but I do think they're a long way away still. I mean, think of I think of some of their, their better players, some of their most important players. Um, you've got Tom Mitchell, who's a great player, coming back from a uh, broken leg. Mm. Uh, Jay Garimira, who looks like he's finally getting over his injury issues, but has had a significant number of them. Yeah. Uh, ben McAvoy in, in the rough, who's, I think his time is coming to an end. Uh, Sean Burgoyne, whose time is definitely going to an end, uh, as good a player as he is. He was so good on uh, Sunday, that was he. That James was great. Sicily, who's, a hot, who's a hothead at the best of times. And uh, John Patton, who's done his knee three times. So they're, they're pinning their hopes on a lot of risky players. And when I say risky players, I don't mean like the way they play. I just mean that it's not going to take much for for things to, to end um, or to be brought to an end very quickly with Hawthorne. So I think they've got a lot of rebuilding to do. I, I don't think... Um, I, I think if all of these these players that I mentioned were fit and when you know, 24, 25, it'd be a bit of a different story. Mm. Uh, but the fact is they're not all fit. And if they are, they've got either... They're either getting to the end of their career or um, they're coming off an injury or they're injury-prone. Um, so I do think they're a long way away uh, from that, and um, and I don't even know in terms of what sort of kids they've got coming through. I mean, who's the one they keep talking about? Warple. Uh, Warple. Yeah, I was just mentioned. Uh, don't be surprised if yeah, um, Ricky Henderson, Ricky Henderson retires as well if we don't get a season. Yeah, he's another, another one. one. Um, Warple was taken at pick forty six. I think Hawthorne keep telling me in the draft a couple of years ago, and they say what a steal. You know, this guy is absolutely perfect. Nothing wrong with him, all that sort of stuff. Welcome to Hawthorne uh, supporters, though, Matt. <laughs> but the, um, look, you're not going to get steals in the draft uh, compared to the days of the James Heard, uh, Chris Grant. Sort of. You're not going to get those sorts of steals. Anyway. Sam Mitchell, Dane Swan. Uh, yes, uh, there's a reason he fell to pick 46, and whether it takes one year or three or four years to find out, it will be found out. Really, there you go. Like he, he will, he will be found out. Like players, players these days don't just slide the big forty six for no reason. There is a, there is normally a, uh, there is normally a, a glaring flaw in their game um, that prevents them from being taken in top five or ten. Yeah, but what what's and not to say that he will develop whatever flaw he has if you know. Well, he, he may he may well, but yeah. I, I don't think for the moment he has. There's a reason he's at pick 46 and not in the top five or the top ten. And whether it takes a year or it takes a few years, it will be found out. 
So I don't know about the quality of kids that they are bringing up, uh, but I do have questions over that. I guess we, you know, we take the agreed to disagree on that. We take, I take the glass half full, you take the glass half empty on horses, but we'll wait and see. I think a lot of teams will be, if you think about their four-year plans that AFL clubs have, it's going to be thrown out of the window with what's happened, if we get a season or not. What, well, this is the first time that I think a club can be excused for staying in the third year of its five-year plan for more than a season. I mean, Essendon, Richmond. <laughs> Essendon. Uh, well, well, before, before Richmond of 2017, yeah. Richmond of the early to, to mid-2000s, I mean, they were a side that was constantly in the third of a, of a five-year plan. Yeah. Well, like it, 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 we've been in the third year of a five-year plan for the past five years now, sort of thing. I want to run something by you. Speaking, I was on on Twitter. Tony Sheehan wrote something about how they might play the AFL Grand Final at Marvel Stadium on New Year's Eve. Given yeah, that's obviously because it would collide with the cricket, and you can't just revamp the yeah. pitch for one game of footy. Oh, it'll be a final series, but not really because the cricket's there. Um, how do you feel, you know, watching a, gra- a game like that, a grand final Marvel Stadium? I mean, what do you think would happen? Will the roof be open? Um, will, you know, the, the entertainment, will they probably make a big song and dance about it because it's a multi-purpose venue? Uh, how will the, how will they, the seat, I mean, I'm not, I'm not expecting to know about the seat allocating, but like, what, um, seat allocation, but yeah, what, what would you feel when if you saw a 2020s grand final played at Marvel? Well, I think I think my first question would be who is going to present the Jock McGow Medal of Beverage? Oh, my first question. Oh, gee, you um, you, you haven't watched Friday? Night. Maybe you watched the wrong game. Maybe you yeah, watched maybe, the replay. You know, as, I, as I say, it's just a pre just preseason. Uh, <laughs> we, knew, we knew it wasn't going to count much. Um, at least now, at least now we know, don't we, that we have a lot to work on. Um, I don't know, actually. I, I think my questions tend to drift towards uh, the start of the 2021 season from there in terms of when does pre-season start, how long does it go for, uh, do we have a, do we have a, like a, a practice match series, when does round one start, mm. you know, do we have, do we sort of drag it out, do we have fewer rounds, do we have more breaks? So I think there's a, there's a lot of questions that... Um, uh, that, that I would have about that one, and we've got one, got one here. Who's who's Jr. Dean's five? You know who he is. Yeah, Deansy played you? footy with the great man. How are you, Deansy? What's he said here? I wouldn't Deansy. want to attend a grand final at Marvel, even if Richmond is playing MCG or nothing for me. Well, I, I can tell you now for a fact that uh, Deansy doesn't come from Perth. No, he's a big Richmond fan, aren't you, Deansy? He's yeah, oh well, Perth would. He, he, well, look, it's not often I say this about a Richmond supporter, but this is a smart fellow we have here. <laughs> Grand finals at the MCG, 100%. They've got to be, um, yeah, got to be at the MCG. 2001, contrary to this, I think it was 2001, it was played in front of 60,000. Might want to fact check that, but it was 2001. I'm just going to do it now because that was when the MCG was going through... Um, renovations. I don't know if they were going through renovations in 2001. 2001, I think, let's see. It was whenever, I'm Googling it now. Um, attend, oh, no, no, it would have been 2000. 2004? No, Rick, or... 
maybe I'm a few years behind. Let's go 2004. So my point is, it, it could be done without the crowds, but I totally get that sentiment of um, the MCG. And that's why I don't like it when they say, like, oh, play to Adelaide Oval. No, there's a contract till like 2000. There's like 100 more years in this contract apparently where it's going to be held. Oh, 77,000. Um, so, yeah, 30,000 less-ish, 20 less. Th- um, bear in mind, this is, this is a 2001 grand final. 2004, sorry. 2004, uh, Brisbane, Port Adelaide. Yeah, yeah, bear in mind that's two interstate clubs as well. So Yeah, but no, this was... It, it doesn't matter where you it was play at. Yeah, but they're going through renovations. Yeah, but... Yeah. I don't know. A part of me, like I'm, I'm a very, like I've, I'm a, I'll take the entrepreneur, entrepreneurial route with this. I reckon it'd just be cool to see. I'd rather, you know, keep it in Melbourne. To be honest, I think that's the home. I'm obviously biased, but that's the home of football. That's the home of grand finals. Um, what if we get, you know, we get a, a Geelong Richmond grand final or whatever. Like we get a, you know, Dogs Richmond. What if, like, what if, and then they have to go to Perth. You know what I mean? Like, and they can't just make decisions on the fly. Um, but yeah, Marvel yeah. Stadium looks like it's going to be available. There's the only concerts that I think are nearby then are the Green Day Hella Mega Tour, which I'm going to, which I'm really excited if it goes ahead. But that's in November. So I'd like to see it at Marvel. But again, yeah, different takes on it. Different takes. That's interesting. Yeah, no, sure. And with the pre season, I, I, I reckon. If it, it I was actually someone this, someone said this to me the other day. I was like, oh, wait, how are they going to get the preseason if they go to December? Well, it doesn't really matter because they're going to have a preseason playing. So I think that's important for people to know. Like, there's nothing like there's no there's nothing like match fitness. And those who play footy know that you can do all the preseason and you, you get to a certain level of fitness. But there's nothing like playing matches and getting fit from matches. So those who are skeptical about it eating into pre-season, fair enough if it has to do with, if you're sceptical about the injuries, you know, if you do your shoulder in the grand final in December rather than September, that's obviously you got a three-month, you're three months behind, but um, you hit eating into 2021. But I think, you know, it might show greater performance in uh, in physical peak because of the, you've had a couple final series games of match sim, really. So that's interesting for people to know, I think. Yeah. No, I, yeah, no. I, what do you yes. think about that fitness part of it? I think I think there's a lot um, to consider and a lot that um, needs to be thought through. Um, and I don't think it's I think it's one of those that will that will take months of discussions. I mean, we saw it took them forever to make a decision on whether or not they wanted to play round one. Yeah. Um. They were pretty. They were pretty quick about making a decision to suspend the season, but yeah, no, this is a this is one that's not going to be settled overnight, I'm afraid. And just lastly, before we go, did, I've heard a comment today saying this will separate the true professionals to the not the weak. I, can't, I don't want to quote anyone because I can't remember what he said, but this this isolation period is going to separate the elite sort of professional athletes to the not so elite. Um, do you buy any of that? Do you think we'll see a real dramatic drop off in you know whenever they come back? Assuming they're coming back at the end of at the start of June, end of May, are we in danger here? Yeah, maybe, our... but I don't. I don't think. I don't think that's. I don't think that's down to the professionalism of any one sort of player or, or 
players or teams. Mm. I think it's just because of the 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 nature of the situation. Um, I don't. I hate to use buzzwords, but it is unprecedented. Um, no, it is. Yeah. I mean, it is. It I, is I easy, use it a bit. It is. It's a, and it's a very different sort of set of circumstances that, and a different set of rules that we're playing by now. So I, I do think once we do make that decision to sort of head back to society, we won't be as uh, in tune as what we once were. Mm. I think it will take a bit of a, a bit of adjusting from everyone. Yeah. Uh, really, but I don't think that will be through a, a lack of professionalism. Yeah. I think yeah. That would be that would be unfair. That's fair, and 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 exactly like what those who are critiquing it. How can we really, um, you know, we can't put a camera in their home gyms and watch them train hard or not. We we can go down to training sessions, you know, you can get a little bit of a gauge of who really goes for it, who doesn't. But you're right; it's not ever going to be a fair measurement. Um, just before we go, sorry, I'm throwing the unprepared question, questions without notice on you, but have oh, you no, seen? That's all right. I'm good at these. Yeah, well, you're firing away today. It's good. It's um, good improvisation from our end. We have had to get this up pretty quickly. But um, have you seen Gillian McLaughlin's um, performance? <laughs> you know, I mean, who are we to judge him? <laughs> but, you know, have you seen how has he handled the whole media and the situation, irrespective of the decision to play round one? How, how, how have you seen his, you know, the way he's gone about it in quite trying circumstances? Yeah. I think that's the that's the only uh, the only one I'd, I'd sort of put a, a, a little mark next to in terms of the decision to play around one. I mm. think other to that, he's been he's been pretty good actually. Um, wise to suspend um, round one in terms of making the decision. He's um, you know been very very clear in, in uh, his viewpoints and the decisions that the league has made. I think the decision as well to match the eighty percent pay cut. Uh, by the players, I think is a is a very noble uh, act as well. Yeah. So I think he's done a lot right. I think he gets a tick for the way he's handled it. And good on Chris so Scott for doing like, that as well. Oh, from his any uh, he's Chris Scott. Sorry, it's for he's foregone his year salary, so that's yeah. important. But so keep going. Yeah. So I, I, no, I'd say I'd, I'd say Gil gets a tick. Um, I, I don't know if I've been a whole fan of his uh, his entire reign, but that's another that's another argument for another time. But I think during this situation, he's handled himself really well. He's he's made pretty much every every right move. Every yeah. move's been a good one for him. I, I heard something that he's been getting four hours a night. At least that was up till Sunday or something ridiculous. So, um, yeah. whatever that man's going through, I'm sure it's it's. I don't think his face. And he said something. He went on the record of saying the Essendon supplements saga was a minor hamstring compared to this. So that just describes and that when that happened you probably remember the enormity of that was it, it was huge it was like whoa it, it rocked a lot of people this has as well and i, I think th- it's i think that drugs is still going on isn't it <sighs> mate they're probably still feeling the effects <laughs> i should laugh I, I don't think i don't think i think it'll be until everyone's dead that that'll be rolling on for i don't think that'll ever stop really well yeah that that was it was catastrophic at the time and this is definitely catastrophic in another way um definitely a it's a society thing and it's a world thing. It's an Australian thing. It's all encompassing and it's tricky to handle, but we've got to keep doing our bit and keep bringing good content. And uh, that's what we'll do over the next few weeks. Oh, not We'll see how we go. We'll wait for the updates and we'll report on it as far as episodes. We'll, for those out there who, who are wondering, we're going to still keep alive. We're still going to stay as a podcast throughout this time because we want to keep you guys informed. Um, we might try I'm some... Trying. 
some new different techniques for the episodes. You never know. Something, maybe a trip down memory lane, Matt. What do you reckon? Jacob. I'm just going to stay at 2010 for one episode, and then we can get to 2016. They're doing the footy, doing the footy flashbacks, and um, they're doing uh, past great clashes of, of every, of you know, of the the games between the two teams. And the only thing I could think of all week was, uh, I wonder which Carlton win against us they're going to show. Uh, <laughs> no way, to, no way to advertise a Bulldogs win if they can help themselves. The only so, one that Carlton. Yeah, for, Trip down memory lanes. Oh yeah, they 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 always show my good side. <laughs> the the one the only one Carlton want to show would be the. Thanks for tuning in, guys. That was episode three of the Overball. We'll be back for some more content. We don't quite know if we'll be in one week or three or maybe two, but we're gonna wait and see how the AFL world pans out, and we'll jump straight on and deliver to you all the news we have and give you our insights as per usual. So in the meantime, stay safe, stay clean, stay inside, and as always, keep tuning in. Good night, have a good weekend.